The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. When a student forgets a homework assignment, they usually lose credit. But what happens when a politician forgets a deadline for paperwork? As Ben Pavier reports, that was the question in front of the Board of Elections yesterday. Last year, Republican Delegate Nick Freitas missed a deadline for filing his election paperwork. He ended up having to run an expensive writing campaign to get re-elected. This year, he did it again, this time in a bid to take on Democratic Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger. Freitas is in good company. Seven other congressional candidates missed the deadline. All but one of them are Republicans. In a two-to-one vote, the board ultimately decided to cut them all some slack. Chairman Bob Brink cast the tie-breaking vote. He scolded the candidates for screwing up easy-to-follow rules. But he said the only punishment, kicking the candidates off the ballot, was too draconian. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Freitas and five other Republicans will face off in a nominating convention set for July 18th. The third statue to a Confederate leader was removed by the city of Richmond from Monument Avenue on Tuesday. Patrick Larson reports from Stewart Circle, where hundreds gathered to watch. Valerie Cassell Oliver was taking photos of crews securing the statue of Confederate General Jeb Stewart to a flatbed truck. As the curator of modern and contemporary art at the VMFA, she says she's thinking about another statue, too. What's interesting for me is that the sculpture really served as a muse for the Kehinde Wiley Rumors of War work. Cassell Oliver is referring to a three-story bronze sculpture outside the VMFA that was modeled after Stewart's. It depicts a black youth on a horse, wearing ripped jeans and a hoodie. She says Wiley's sculpture contextualizes Richmond's complex history. And it starts with reconciling the issues of the past so that we could at least build on a firm foundation this time. The memorial to Stewart was the second Confederate statue installed on Monument Avenue over a century ago. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Sparkle Veronica Taylor watched for two hours with one of her children as workers removed the large bronze statue. Taylor said she wanted to use this opportunity to start teaching her kids about the history of racism in America. I told him, just keep your eyes open, pay attention to what's going on, and I am about to explain to you why this is so important. While many see removing the statues as a strong symbolic step, protesters and advocates say it's only the beginning of addressing systemic problems facing people of color. The Richmond City Council will have a public hearing and formal vote next month to permanently remove Confederate monuments, even though Mayor LeVar Stoney has already started taking them down. The city attorney voiced concerns about Stoney's authority to do it himself. He urged the council to finish the process it started when it introduced an ordinance to remove the statues last Wednesday. Stoney ordered the emergency removal of the statues last week when a procedural issue prevented the council from voting that day. Stoney said he has the authority to remove the statues immediately because of powers he holds during a declared state of emergency. The public hearing is scheduled for Monday, August 3rd at 5 p.m. Evictions have resumed in Virginia. However, some properties are still technically protected under a federal moratorium put in place under the CARES Act. Yasmin Juma reports. The eviction moratorium covers residents of subsidized and public housing and properties with federally backed loans. Until July 25th, landlords of these properties can't charge tenants late fees or take any eviction actions against them for non-payment of rent. 
New data from the RVA Eviction Lab shows more than 1,000 eviction filings in Richmond, Henrico, and Chesterfield courts fall under these federal protections, and about 130 of them were filed after the CARES Act moratorium went into effect. Ben Teresa is with the Eviction Lab. If people are in covered properties and they have an eviction filing, the question then becomes, how is this going to be enforced in the courts? Legal aid attorneys say that varies. Chesterfield County General District Court requires landlords to submit a statement attesting to whether or not their property is covered. But in Richmond, a tenant would have to raise the issue in court for it to be considered. Yasmin Jama, VPM News. Tenants have 10 days to appeal an eviction judgment once it's granted. Advocates with the Virginia Poverty Law Center urge anyone who thinks they're facing an unlawful eviction to get in touch with the center's eviction helpline at 833-NO-EVICT. Seven new buses are hitting the streets of Petersburg, equipped with Wi-Fi provided by the city's library. Officials say it's been more than five years since the Petersburg Area Transit has had vehicles replaced. The buses were purchased through a partnership with the People's Advantage Federal Credit Union, a company which promotes transportation and financial literacy. The Federal Credit Union donated $5,000, which covers the cost to the city. Federal and state dollars also helped with funding. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. Find all of our stories online at vpm.org news. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.